0: Woof woof and namaste, this is Hill Dog and welcome to Cast, a series of conversations with visitors and residents of Kana Shantivanam, the International Centre for Heartfulness near Hyderabad in Telangana, India. Today I'm going to be speaking to Dr. Radesham Miryala. Dr. Radesham Miriala is an emergency room medical director and he's also a heartfulness meditation trainer. He was at Kana Vanam for the recent gathering of Bhandara that was held in February 2023. For those of you who don't know, heartfulness is a meditation technique that is offered for free by volunteer trainers around the world. From 1983 to 2014, Chariji was the heartfulness guide. And from 2014 to the present day, Daji has been the heartfulness guide. A heartfulness meditation trainer is also called a preceptor, and a heartfulness meditation session is called a sitting. So, Brother Radisham, thank you for taking time out in the middle of a bandhara and sitting down with us in the Kana studio. Thank you. It's my pleasure. And uh, it's, it's amazing that I know very little about you, Brother, but my introduction to you was through a video where you spoke about wellness and you spoke about having the right habits and cultivating a routine and and you ended the video with uh, taking a drag out of a big fat cigar. I love that video. <laughs> I thought it was so funny.
1: <laughs> yeah, it, it was just a, it was just a little gag I did for my friends. So
0: it was really yeah. nice. But uh, so you strike me as somebody who enjoys
1: having a lot of fun. I I, I have a lot of fun. <laughs> yes, that's true. <laughs> I get accused of that a lot.
0: <laughs> but uh, professionally, brother, you're a, an MD. You're, yes. Uh, uh,
1: tell us a little bit about you, uh, what you do. Uh, so I'm, uh, uh, I'm an emergency medicine doctor. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, back home, which is uh, in Houston, Texas, uh, I'm the medical director of a uh, emergency room. Um, so this is where I do most of my work. Um, you know, I work about 8 to 10, 24-hour shifts there. And then I help, uh, you know, manage the the ER. Wow. Um, on top of that, you know, I'm married uh, uh, to my wife, who's also a pediatrician and they a, a preceptor. Uh, we have two kids. And, you know, we have lots of other shenanigans that we get into. <laughs> <laughs>
0: so, but you're in the ER. So, the ER is a high-stress place. I mean, uh, I guess you do need a sense of humor to... Keep your sanity in a way.
1: Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. ER uh, people who work in the ER have a fantastic sense of humor. <laughs> yeah. It's it. It can be a little dark.
0: I'm sure. Yeah. I'm sure. Yeah. How accurate are the TV series that show ER? I mean, there was the TV series with that name. Yes.
1: Uh, you know, uh, the, there's been a study that shows that uh, that in in TV a lot of people. Their lives saved <laughs> dramatically, <laughs> which doesn't always happen in real life like that, you know. So they they tend to have a lot more saves, wow. but it's more dramatic. And so, in the real world, the ER loses a lot of people. You lose a lot of well, people. It, we don't lose a lot, but but like if someone you know if if they're doing chest compressions mm-hmm. and and you know what I mean to say is that like that like if someone's like has already arrested. And you're trying to bring them back. The incidence of what happens in television is a lot better than what happens in real life. Sure, <laughs> sure. Yeah. yeah. And uh,
0: how did you start in medicine? Was it something that you always wanted to do? Or
1: yes, uh, it was all. It was something that I always wanted to do. Yeah. Is it like, in the family? Have people been? No, doctors? no, no. I'm I'm the first one. Um, I, I, yeah, I'm the, I'm the first one to to get into medicine.
0: And yeah. And it was something that you were aligned to right from uh, your school days. You, wanted to be, you knew you wanted to be in medicine.
1: Yeah. So, you know, in, in America, like here, people go into medicine straight out of high school. Uh, sure. In America, people get a college degree. Mm-hmm. And then, so then medicine is a postgraduate, uh, you know, education. Uh, so I actually did a, a degree in chemical engineering. Oh, wow. Yeah. So uh, in my third year, I got a job at a chemical plant. And, uh, I worked at the chemical plant, you know, it was a summer intern job. Um, and, and, you know, basically it's just a a big refinery. Uh, and, and, you know, at the end of it, I was like, there's no way I could work for the man, you know, making plastic (laughs) and pollution. (laughs) So, so, but I always was going to go into medicine. I was thinking I'll work as an engineer for a few years. You know, we had some financial issues, uh, so I thought, you know, I'd get the family out of you know, poverty and, and work for a few years and then go into medicine. But, you know, our by by the time of that job, our situation had changed a little bit. So I was able to like steer direction sooner and then I just started to like change my direction to go into medicine. But I had gotten so much of my degree, so I just finished that degree and, and went into medicine. Sure
0: and uh, once you were in medicine were you always sure you were going to be in the emergency medicine or were you uh, were, there, were there other fields you were exploring
1: uh, there was a lot of things uh, so emergency medicine it's uh, it's for people that enjoy uh you know, a full breadth of medicine, lots of aspects to it, mm-hmm. you know, there's lots of, you know, like somebody may have a heart attack, somebody may have a stroke, and then somebody may have fallen and dislocated their shoulder. So, you know, it's not just thinking through things, there's also like the physical labor of like, if somebody's shoulder is out, then you have to sit there and, you know, yank on it and pull it back in. Uh, so I just liked all that, that variety of stuff.
0: You know, if you... I mess up at my work, I miss a video deadline, somebody doesn't have a video, that's that's fine. But uh, sure. if, if you mess up, you use actually, you know, you're dealing with people's lives. Right, right. So did you find the stress easy to handle right from the beginning?
1: Uh, so when I was younger, I worked at a very, very busy place. Um, so it was like a level one trauma center. And mm-hmm. uh, so straight out of residency, that's what I did. I was a professor there. Um, it was like high volume, high intensity type of work, but when I was young, I mean, I craved that. It was it was great because there was just a, a lot of lot of learning there, you know. And it was it was a great place to interact because it was it was a teaching hospital. It was a professor. There was there were residents. There were students. So it's always people to interact with, to teach and learn. So it was it was a really fun environment at that age, but after a while it was getting to be too much, you know. Once we had kids and and stuff, it was it was tough to work in such a busy, demanding location. Mm-hmm. Uh, so now I work in a in a less fast paced, more gentlemanly paced uh, uh, setting. So it's it's a little easier, a little less stressful.
0: Nice, you know, a lot of stuff we see on the net and a lot of stuff the Netflix series dealing with doctors and all uh-huh. there's also a lot of hospital politics doctor politics you know
1: right right is right, right. that accurate in any way or is... i think that's that's in any situation mm-hmm. if you have two people together there's going to be politics and then if you have hundreds of people or thousands of people you know you're going to magnify those politics exponentially
0: yeah but i've seen a lot of series also that the politics is there but the moment that you're in the operation theater it's like a team.
1: Yeah, it, th- that's always true, yeah, They're, you know, like the patient is always the priority, and then everybody knows their role. So, you know, one thing that we do really well, like in the emergency room, it's there's a lot of protocols, like, okay, when when this happens, and you're in charge of this, you're in charge of this, I'm in charge of this, so everybody knows their roles, and everybody, you know, just, just executes. Wow, and you
0: mentioned your wife is a pediatrician as well. Yes. Mm-hmm. So uh, uh, two doctors in the family, long work hours. How do you guys manage the the
1: you know the cliched work life balance question? <laughs> yeah, it's it's I've lucked into a pretty good situation. I'd, so like uh, the uh, I don't I don't just work as an ER doctor. I, I manage the ER, um, and there's other responsibilities. And and a lot of it is just we've just just set up great processes. Um, so, so a lot, a lot of it kind of like everybody knows what to do. We have a great team. The team does a, a lot of the work and we just have good processes in place. Um, and, and, and the work is fun. Like I never, like the shift work is a lot of fun. Like if, if there's an opportunity for me to suture someone las- someone's laceration or reduce a shoulder, like those are good days that I, I enjoy that. You know, I, en- I enjoy that, that part of the work, um, And yeah, so like it it is, it is a lot to to you know have a full time job. My wife has a full time job, uh, and and our two kids are very active. You know, they do piano, uh, tennis, viola, guitar, uh, art, and there's just so there's just a lot of activities that we have to like shuttle them around for and be engaged with them in. Um, It it, we just we just somehow it just magically happens, you know. (laughs) But but I you know I. I never feel overwhelmed, it just kind of, it's just a natural part of it and natural part of life, yeah.
0: So for people who are contemplating a career in medicine, the young kids wanna start out in medicine, what would your one major advice be to them?
1: What is the one thing they shouldn't lose sight of? I mean, they they should do it because it's something that they love. You know, like their personality draws them to it. If they're driven by money, if they're, um, you, you know, if if it's if it's money or power or status, and that's not really the the right motivation, like if th- then you'll burn out and you won't be satisfied with the job because it can be brutal. It can be brutal. Like I'm giving you a rose-colored <laughs> lens version of it. It can be a brutal brutal uh, workplace, you know. So if you don't have the right attitude, if you don't have you know uh, the the pr- right purpose you know mm-hmm. if it if it's not something that is giving your life purpose then it'll be it'll be a tough thing to to get into
0: mm, like you mentioned you you enjoy suturing right. someone or yeah. putting their shoulder back in right, right. and stuff like that uh, but if that starts looking like a chore to you that would be difficult right yes right right so uh, i wanted to ask you also brother what is how did you uh, get into heartfulness where does your heartfulness story start <laughs>
1: I was wondering when you were going to get to that. <laughs> so okay, um, I mean, you know, when I was young, uh, like in my teenage years, it, it was it was a curiosity. Like spirituality was a curiosity of mm-hmm. mine. Like you know, so I read a lot of I read the Ramayana, the you know, the Mahabharata. I read a lot of Buddhist texts. I read a lot of. Christian so you grew texts. up in Houston. I yeah. So I went to America when I was seven. Whoa. Yeah, so I grew, I'm, I'm more American than I am Indian. I mean, I, I'm oh, sure that's okay. pretty obvious. <laughs>
0: yes, <Yeah>. yes, yes, yes. <laughs> but where were you in India before uh,
1: it, he, here, Hyderabad? Uh, well, close to here, well, Varangal. It's a few hours. Yes, away. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, sure. So I grew up here, uh, and then when I was seven, I left. Mm-hmm. Uh, I grew so, and then uh, you know, it was it was a. Uh, it, it wasn't really a tough transition because mm-hmm. uh, I was young and it was easy to you know get into the language and, and it was it was a really a great great place to grow up and there were a lot of Indian people so I, it was it was a place where I got the best of both worlds you know
0: nice there, yeah and you were saying you were reading the Ramayana so
1: yeah so then uh, how I got into to this this gig um, <laughs> uh, yeah so you know I, it was it was a curiosity of mine I read lots of lots of texts and stuff and then one you know so the during college and this is before the internet before anything there you know there were libraries that you had to like go to to find books so when i was a chemical engineering student like i mean we had like a six story library and you had to walk aisle after aisle to, you know find certain books so um, you know i was walking through the aisles looking for something specific and and, and you, you you may not believe the story but the story is true there was a book that was slightly ajar that caught my attention, you know? It was like slightly out of place. So I picked it up. It was a book of poems by Kabir, okay? So I I picked up the book. I started reading one poem. Then I read another poem. Then I read the, another poem. I stood there without moving, you know, without taking the book back to my desk. I stood there and read the whole poem. And I was really, really energized by it so there's there's you know one a lot of people read the poetry and and find some beauty in it you know and and there's definitely that what 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 struck me was there's something that he's trying to tell us that he can't really put into words he had some experience you know he had some experience that probably very few people in this world have had And he's trying his darndest to put it into words and it's just coming out as like a garden of flowers in your heart. But that's not what he's trying to, that's not what he experienced. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's the best that he could do. So then that really struck me as like, okay, this is something that, you know, I'm going to try to look into. Now I mentioned, you know, our our financial problems growing up. I want
0: what he's having. Yeah,
1: yeah, (laughs) yeah, exactly, exactly. So... You know, I, I mentioned our, our financial issues growing up. And uh, so, like, I, and and you couldn't Google something back then. So, I'm trying to, I'm trying to get the, you know, set this up. I pulled out a phone book, you know, I looked up like under yoga or meditation. And I, you know, I got like certain things and I wrote down some names and numbers. So, first uh, group I call is Transcendental Meditation. You know, they're like, oh, yeah, yeah, we'd love to have you. It's 3,000 bucks. <laughs> I uh, hung up the phone okay then I called, there was one yoga studio in Houston back back then wow. So I called them up you know and they were like oh yeah come you know we'd love to have you it's like hundred bucks a month you know I didn't have two nickels to rub together so I, like the, none of that was gonna be possible I, I you know I went down a, a few other calls and like nothing was was gonna work out um there was one that was kind of like it was like the the 4-H club is like the happy, holy, healthy, something. Uh, It just sounded like a weird cultish thing. I was (laughs) like, never mind. (laughs) Sorry, I called. Wrong number. Maybe we can Google it now. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) What is the 4-H club? (laughs) So uh, so then, you know, then I kind of forgot about it. And somehow someone told me about this thing uh, that, hey, there's there's this – you know, there's this meditation, and and they offer it for free, and I was like, oh, it's free, okay, <laughs> I'll try it, you know. <laughs> so back then, there was there was one preceptor in Houston, um, his his name is Kalpas, uh, so he gave me my introductory sittings, you know. So I went there, um, you know, I, he, he was a single guy. Um, I went to his apartment, I took my first sitting. Um, I really didn't feel anything. Mm. Okay. I took my second sitting, I was like ah, I didn't really didn't feel anything. Okay. Then I took my third sitting and then at the end there's definitely something that I couldn't put into words really, but I felt something like some some vibration, some current coming into me and I was like, "Oh, that's that's different. That's mm. not in any of the other things, mm. you know?" So, so you know, but I was I was still fairly young when I started. Um and, and I grew up in America which I mentioned so you know I did I, I was not that sincere when I first started like sure sure I would how how old were you uh, like I was like 1819 when I started oh. you know when I took my first hmm. sittings um but like like I would loud party on Friday night Saturday night and then you know maybe go to satsang on Sunday and that to me was like balanced living <laughs> or something you know yeah. so so, yeah, so that's, that's how I got into it. I was kind of in and out of it. You know, sometimes I would, I would be a little sincere and try to read some literature and sometimes, you know, I'd fall off, but, but I always kept it there, mm-hmm. you know, like it, w- I was always tethered to it, whether it was a long leash or a short leash, I was tethered to it, you know, so, so it was, you know, it would I probably tempered some aspects <laughs> of my life <laughs> a little bit, you know, um. That sounds very interesting. That's very yeah. intriguing, you know. You,
0: yeah. You're beating me with that tempering yeah. <laughs> some <laughs> aspects. You're just like uh, <laughs> it's okay, brother. We can always edit stuff up.
1: <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so so that so if if you want me to continue. So how I got like serious. So you know, I um I I had uh I had finished, uh, you know, my residency. I got a job. I got married. I paid off my debts. I was in a decent position, you know. So I had a salary with the with the university. Uh, my wife was a doctor, and so there there came at a point in my life where I was like, okay, look, I've hit these check marks, you know. I've checked off these boxes. Now, like, which direction am I going to focus the energy, you know, of my life? So I looked through things like, okay, if I want to be like a published physician and, and, and move up and become like, so, I would, okay, this is what I would do. This, these are things I would have to do. And I knew the end goal of like, I knew what would be at the end of that. Okay, if I focused on making money, like this is how it would be. Like, I'd you know, these are things I would have to do. And, and I, you knew what would be at the end of that. Okay. So, you know, I was like, okay, what if I finally gave this heartfulness thing? Like, it's due respect. Like, what if I was sincere? Like, what is at the end of that? And I didn't know what the answer was, mm-hmm. you know? So then I was like, that's what I'm going to do for now. So, so you know, then I started being a little more sincere, and then I got a calling to go to India, okay? Now, you know, it, it, the mission, you know, has, has a guru, has a master. I told my wife, and I was like, look, I'm going to go to India. I'm going to check out this meditation thing. I'm going to go hang out at the ashram for a week, but I promise you I'm not going to get into this master stuff. I'm not going to do this guru business, you know. I'm just going to go hang out. So you're uh, wary of uh, Right, right, right. Any and uh, you know, it was, like I just I just thought it was weird. I didn't grow up in India. Like in India it's okay. Like yeah, everyone yeah, sure. has a guru. But but there it's not it's not Some people have many That's gurus. Up. Right. Yeah. So I came and, uh, you know, then they they asked if I wanted to be a preceptor. I thought they got the wrong idea, the wrong guy. I was like, I haven't read any of the books. I, you know, uh, I had to temper some of my other <laughs> habits. I was like, I don't think they're thinking about me. But then, the, you know, it was like, no, like, Sharji wants to, you know, make you a preceptor. So, um so I you know like I start taking sittings and then and then you know the final sitting happens with charji and it's just this incredible experience that again I couldn't put into words and whatnot you know um and then and then you know so i i I go home and I'm like hey I'm a preceptor now and and you know and I, of course it changes like you're you're like you know, my wife didn't recognize who I was. And she likes like, Hey, I didn't sign up for this. You know, <laughs> I married a guy who liked to party and, and stuff. And here you are talking about your guru and God. And <laughs> wow. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I can imagine. I mean, yeah. um, the, the change happened just that one trip and
1: the, well, you know, I can feel the momentum building up mm-hmm. in the background. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know if if i could if you know if i could put it in those words i could feel it but my, and and even even my wife knew something was going to happen uh in the sense like she you know she told me she had a dream, she had a dream that like i i died in an airplane crash or something but metaphorically like the guy she married kind of was not coming back it was, <laughs> some other dude was going to show up <laughs>
0: So how how did she make a peace with this other dude who had chosen Uh place Yeah, on? it
1: was it was a it was a tough few years, you know. But you know, the punchline is one day she became a uh, a preceptor, and I was sitting in the front row when you know Daji gave her her little certificate. I like could not stop like I'm out, tears of like laughter were coming out. <laughs> it was like.
0: <laughs> so how uh, how did she come around? Was she practicing already? Was she? I mean,
1: we were like we were just kind of casually in. You know, doing it was something you, know, you it was did, just casually, yeah. You know, we weren't like committed, um, mm-hmm. uh, and so you know, she would come along with me, and she's like, Yeah, there's some, there's some, it does feel nice, but it wasn't something that we were gonna like go full steam ahead with, you know. And so that, so then when I went, you know, like, then it was, it was, it was definitely some, something, some, you know, some little. Turmoil at the house for a bit until until we both reached a you know an understanding and uh, yeah I mean she took some time and and you know I, like initially maybe I I I didn't you know I I tried to talk to her about it but then after some time when I just like like stepped back and and you know it it just happened I, I yeah she'll you'll have to interview her and ask her story <laughs>
0: uh, I would love to I would love to but what about people at work and your friends how did they suddenly treat the new Radishan.
1: Yeah, so it was like it was. Uh, I was like it was my mid thirties, you know. So it was probably very difficult for them. They they couldn't understand, especially com- coming from, you know, the way we grew up in America. Mm. Yeah.
0: And um, what is the one thing you think changed most, you know, over over your engagement with heartfulness?
1: Um. I you know th- this uh, this changes I I can't say that there's one thing but there's th- this there's a, a a big ebb and flow in this journey you know sure there's uh you know there're times when like you're full like r- right now in this bandara like I'm like I'm bursting with joy <laughs> it's 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 a great question you ask cuz I was I was telling, uh, I was on the phone with the uh, Ragni and the kids this morning and, you know, we we're just chatting and joking. And they're like, oh, yeah, we don't we don't miss you at all. You know, we we figured out how to fix the TV. We figured out how to get rid of the cockroaches, you know, so, <laughs> all the tasks that <laughs> I'm supposed to do at home. So they're just kind of teasing me. And I was like, oh, I'm. Uh, you know, I'm filled with so much joy, I'm bursting, and they're like, and they're like, oh you know, we'll we'll snub it out of you as soon as you come. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Does it uh, sometimes get uh, you know, in your interaction with other people who are also on the meditative part?, yeah. do you sometimes feel uh, there's a there's a risk that we take ourselves too seriously?
1: Wow, that's a good question. Um so like what is the alt- what is the alternative, mm-hmm. right? The alternative is to just live like like you're asleep at the wheel of life. Is is what I feel like like there's, you know, most of us go through life like without a purpose, without intent, without knowing what the bigger picture is or the deeper picture, right? Um so I think you have to you have to realize that there is so much more vastness to this life, and so much so many awesome op- experiences in spirituality, you know. So so yeah, I uh, you know it's it I I I I think I think there's a manner in which we can take ourselves too seriously. Like I try to balance that by like maybe maybe like you know like off playing the seriousness of it you know like i feel like in some lives where i'm just kind of pretending like you know if i'm out at a you know dinner with colleagues or something you know, I have to put on a persona and then maybe (laughs) but then maybe this is a, a weird persona that i do and then that's the real persona you know uh but yeah i mean i think people have to like you know wear different masks and stuff um i I know there are people that are like so devoted, so disciplined i you know I, for me i'm I'm good where I'm at you know I think with time things will change i mean i I realize that I have to balance you know raising my kids, being a husband, you know, having a job and all these other things with this i I try to do it as best as I can well, wow. yeah and um
0: uh, like you mentioned, the first time you came here and you were not going to get into any of that guru business. Right. So how has that relationship changed? I mean, what is your relationship with the Heartfulness Guide, for instance? What was it like with Chariji and Daji? How did it change?
1: Uh, it's it's very internalized. It's mm-hmm. very internalized. Um, uh, the, you know, it, it is what, like, um, like if, if I feel... You know, do I feel like uh, Dodgy's uh, look, watching over my shoulder, <laughs> making sure I'm doing the right thing or something? It's it's not like that. It's like, it's uh, the way, uh, let me put it this way. Like, um, if you just want to play tennis, you know, casually on the weekends, you don't need a coach, right? right. But if you want to win Wimbledon, you need a coach, Right? So if you want to go through life casually, you don't need a coach. But if you want to get to all the pearls, all the experiences, all the depth that life has to offer, then you need a guru. Wow, that's
0: beautifully put. That's beautifully put. Now, coming to uh, coming to your being in America and yeah. your being a person of Indian origin in America, right. did you ever feel a sense of alienation? You've grown up there. You've since seven uh since you were seven years old yeah was there ever a sense of alienation ever
1: where we grew up in texas in houston it was a very multicultural city mm-hmm. so in my high school there's indians pakistanis chinese taiwanese filipinos you know uh, Hispanics, south americans uh and and, and you know American people from America, so it was just a broad, big melting pot, a big, wow. you know, soup. So, like in the area that I grew up, it, like we all, you know, we all were going through the same thing. So it wasn't like I, I, I know people talk about race. I never really felt it, just just based on like where I grew up, mm-hmm. you know. And I'll have to say, like you know, it, America is a place where like if you applied yourself, you could really make whatever you want of yourself. Oh, that's the yeah. that's
0: the American dream everyone yeah. speaks. about. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that is very much a reality.
1: Yeah, yeah. What do you think of this
0: place? How how often have you been to Kana, Shanti <laughs> Uh So um, I,
1: probably, I think this is my fifth time. Fifth, okay, fifth, sixth time. Okay. Okay. So the first time I came with my daughter, uh, my my older daughter. And we had a great time. We were just, you know, she, you know, I was, it was a really, I, I brought her because I was like, oh, you know, it'll be a great bonding trip. Just, you know, mm-hmm. uh, me and my daughter. How, how old was she that uh, She was nine. Okay. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. So uh, we had a great time. Then she went back and, and she wanted to come back. She's the one that said, let's go back. So then, so um, then the next time I bought both kids. They had a blast. They, you know, they didn't meditate or anything. They were young, but they had a they had a fantastic time. Then twenty twenty, uh, my daughters asked to come back, but we couldn't because of the pandemic. Twenty twenty one, we couldn't come back. Then twenty twenty two, she was like, "Hey, look, you know, it's been a while. We they want to go back. They know that there's something happening here, but they they're like." You know, they just oh, it's it's a it's a special place or it's a fun place. You know, but they were asking to come back, so they feel whatever, whatever juju, whatever voodoo, whatever you know magic is happening. They feel something is happening here, so they wanted to come back. So then we're so then you know we made it a family trip. My wife was able to join us, and and so the the four of us came. We had a great time, and then and then we left. And then three weeks later, I was like, "I'm gonna go back because of this gathering." So, so I came back. Um, but it's it's just there's you know basically all the 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 chitter chatter that happens in your brain kind of gets muted big time. Gets you know. So it, I I just feel like I just it's it's just a beautiful sublime existence here.
0: Hmm. Hmm. You mentioned the pandemic,
1: and uh, you know,
0: you being a doctor, and your wife being a doctor as well. Yeah, that time must have been difficult.
1: Those two years were probably uh, the most difficult of my career. Um, So, like, uh, there were several months where, where there were no beds in in the state of Texas, you know, no hospital beds. Uh, so we work in, in, in a small facility, and if somebody needed like, higher level of care, we would have to transfer them, like if somebody needed an ICU, right? But there were no ICU beds for a long time, for weeks at a time. Wow. And it was very, very stressful. There were cases where people had to get shipped from a, a place in Texas all the way to like Philadelphia, you know, many states away, or, or Arkansas. Well, I mean, it was it was a stressful time. it was you know it was a lot to go through. Yeah. How did you how did you get through it as a family just being uh... it, it was tough. it was tough. We stayed together. we worked together through it you know um, our, our kids went to school. Um, so they uh, I, I know in, in other countries you know they, they closed the schools for years at a time. It, where we were at their schools were closed for like three months. Uh, and then there was a summer break, and then kids could rejoin uh, in, in in August. So our, our kids, you know, we decided to put them back in school. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. So when you see a person breathe his last, which is something you must have seen, I mean, through the pandemic and yeah. your job in the ER. Yeah. Is there something you do internally? Is there some way that you handle that situation?
1: It's you know um, there was a, when a, it, it, it it's it's always tough. It's always tough, um, even after all these years. Even after all these years, I mean, like you know, you're still a human being and you still have emotions, and you know, you still have to process them. I'll tell you, like I remember, you know, there was a there was a drowning. Um, so you know, like I used to work near the ocean. And you know every every year would have a few drownings, and there was there was a there was a kid who drowned in the ocean. You know he got swept away in a rip tide, got pulled into the current, and and you know, so the boy is is essentially is, is dead by the time they come into the ER. But it's a babe it's a kid, right? So you still have to work it. You still have to do your best. You still have to do whatever, and and you know. So we did, and and so in cases like that, in pediatric cases where you're really, like, everyone, like, just throws everything into into the situation. And, you know, uh, I think we worked the kid for, like, a couple of hours, uh, and it's very stressful. And I, I would go home, and I would eat, like, two large bowls of Cinnamon Toast Crunch because that was, like, it was my way to soothe myself to, you know— and the, and then the next day, that I would talk to the nurses, and they'd be like, "Oh man, we went home, got drunk, we couldn't like, you know, they. Mm. It was just, it was. You have to figure out ways to cope. Yeah, mm. yeah. It's it's a lot of emotion. It's a lot of lot of things. So you know, cases like that, you know, we would we would do go through something like that routinely. Wow. and it, it was tough. But but I think everyone understands that you know mm. we like we try our best, and you know if if it's supposed to be your last breath it's supposed to be your last breath you know but we do what we can and and we try our best
0: well so in your journey uh, with heartfulness um, what would you say to your younger self today uh, the guy who has just read the kabir book in the library, standing in the library, probably getting dirty looks from the library and saying, why isn't he checking this out? Why is he just going to read the whole thing standing yeah. there?
1: <laughs> yeah. Uh, what would you say to yourself? I would say, hey, it's all going to work out fine. <laughs> Don't stress about it. You know, it's all going to work out great.
0: And those yeah. poems, did you ever revisit Kabir? Oh,
1: man, I, I used to keep uh, multiple poems, like, you know, before uh, smartphones, I'd, I'd like have them folded and kept in my wallet you know like yeah I, the i love all those po, po- like rumi um yeah i was a big fan you know do band, you have all that any stuff. favorites that you quote <laughs> when my brain was sharp i could quote a bunch of things <laughs> no but you know what i was going to try to do is like rework some of those poems like to like modern day like you know uh, like you know, there's a the poem. Like you, um, like you know, you don't have to go to the temple. You don't have to go here. You don't have to go there. You know. Yeah, um, I was I was thinking of trying to rework those into like a modern context, so it
0: could resonate with yeah, 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 yeah. with people say like yeah. your kids' age. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure, yeah. sure. I mean, uh, that would be a great project Yeah, to, Yeah, that would <laughs> be a great project to work on. And uh, are you? in any way, uh, after all this engagement with uh, life in a very intense way, because yeah. know, the AR room is, I think, the most intense situation anybody can put themselves in. Yeah. And then there is, of course, the meditation that you do, which yeah. is intense in its own way. Yeah. Yeah. Do you, uh, can you hazard a, a foray into what is the meaning of life? <laughs> wow. It's a light question. I, I
1: mean, oh, come the, on. we've got
0: the heavy stuff out of the way. I'm just gonna ask you something like, what's the, what's the meaning of life,
1: uh, Radesha. Uh, what's the meaning? Yeah. Uh, look, um, the other day, you know, you know there, there's so many intense experiences you can have. Okay. Uh, the other day, uh, like every day here, I, I, I didn't like feel any mosquitoes. And then uh, one night I got bit up by mosquitoes like all night long. And so so I, I was like, oh, I'm going to get some artillery for this. I'm going to go. go. I heard there's a department store. So, you know, we have morning meditation. It was a good meditation. I really enjoyed it. And after meditation, I talked to some people. And then I'm, I'm walking uh, towards a department store. Just, um, you know, that awning in between the canteen and the meditation hall. I'm walking there. I'm headed to the department store and uh, I start like bawling tears, you know, like not like crying, like I start ugly crying, you know? Yeah. In America, they call it fugly crying, you know? It's like the F word, yeah, <laughs> ugly <sure>. crying. <laughs> sure. we we're in an ashram, so I didn't say it.
0: Oh. <laughs> there,
1: there's a no person? Yeah. <laughs> So, so then I had to, like, leave and try to find, like, an empty chair, like, in you know, alone somewhere and just finish my cry. And and while that was happening, I just felt like this intense, intense uh, pressure coming down. Like, I was like, you know, I, I couldn't, like, I couldn't handle it. You know, it was, I don't know if it's grace. I don't know if it's, you know transmission I don't know I don't know but it was it was intense it was an intense it was definitely something divine definitely something you know not of this not coming from me not my imagination but definitely something somewhere was like working on you. yeah wow it was intense so you tell me what that is (laughs) so you know I mean there is uh, there is, uh, there definitely is something divine, right? Some, some God, some something. There's definitely something divine. So if you can go through life, it, having that experience of the divine, and you know your material life, I mean, I, that's good enough for me. That's going to be my, you know. Nice, nice.
0: That's lovely. And uh, in your in your life as a heartfulness trainer. Yeah, Uh, uh, what has been the most satisfying part of being a heartfulness trainer?
1: Giving sittings is really satisfying. It's really it. it, I feel like I get more out of giving a sitting than you know, than whoever's on the receiving end. You know, Uh, so yeah, just uh, just being able to participate in that work, uh, you know, feeling. I don't know how it happens you know it, it, it I'll tell you i t- like during the pandemic, I was not able to give a lot of sittings like during the pandemic, I just kind of went to survival mode like I need to be able to eat sleep and and go through this thing you know so i i i didn't i and I was not even uh practicing regularly you know it was and, and it it definitely i felt you know those two years that I was not regular like I could feel the void. Mm-hmm. of not being regular in the practice, not giving sittings. And then like this year or, or last year in, in 2022, we were gonna, you know, and I was talking to some other preceptors, they're like, yeah, man, we haven't, we haven't been giving sittings either. Like we got busy with this and that. And I was like, yeah, man, like, I was like, hey, is the machine on? How's this work? <laughs> you know, I was, I, was, I was nervous about like, you know, getting back into my first sitting. And I was like, oh, is this gonna work? Like, do you turn this on, <laughs> but, but you know, I'm joking. But like, I don't know how it works, but I know it works. Wow. You know, I don't know, I don't know how it happens. I don't know where it comes from, but I know it's happening. And and it's 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 a beautiful gift to be able to
0: experience that. And uh, much of the community, heartfulness community in America, is comprised of people of Indian origin. Yeah. Um. Because it's, of course, much easier to get into something like that because you have a background in. Right, uh, right. You know, like you said, you grew up reading the Mahabharata and the Ramayana and all of that. Right, right. But do you see uh, more and more Western people, people who have grown up in America, have a background in America, also um,
1: adopting this? Is it becoming easier to. uh, I I think definitely heartfulness has made it easier. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's, there's uh, so many, uh, like sunstas that have a lot of dogmas, right? So heartfulness has, has removed all those dogmas Has you know, you never hear, uh, oh, don't eat me. Don't drink. Don't do this. Don't do that. Don't do this. Don't do that. You know, uh, you just hear, Hey, try meditation, try cleaning, try this. These are things that you could try and see if it helps, you know? And, and I remember Chargy, um gave this example. Hey, if I was going to give you directions somewhere, I wouldn't say, hey, don't turn left. Don't go another 20 yards. You know, don't turn right. Don't do this, you know. I would say, hey, yeah, go 10 feet this way, make a right here, and then go left. You know, that I would give you the directions. I wouldn't say, don't, 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 all right. So So all these dogmatic principles of like, you know, don't do this, don't do that, don't do this, don't do that, and you'll find God. I don't, I don't think people are are gonna are gonna follow that. You know, I I think the world has moved way past those. Mm-hmm. When you those come, dictums. Absolutely, absolutely.
0: I think the world has moved on from uh, being dictated to. Yeah. Yeah. Something very actively that works for you. you know? Right. It's, uh, right. So when you come home, uh, say to Warangal, do you visit uh, your hometown often? Yeah, I was
1: just there a few days ago. Wow! Yeah, I got to hang out with my aunts and uncles. Uh, yeah. How how does that go? Oh, so they all they have this uh, joke because you know I was the one that started heartfulness in in America, and I came here, mm-hmm. and uh, and and now they're all Abhyasis, wow. and, and they have satsangs in their house and stuff. So it was you know the the first uh, uh, batch of this bandara all my, my mom was here, my aunts and uncles were here. So it was great because it was like a bandara with like a little family gathering, you know, whereas before when I used to come, it was just be me. And I was was kind of, you know, me by myself. So it was really nice. It was really nice. And when I got to go back, you know, I got to visit some, you know, cousins and, and, and extended family. It was nice, you know, but I only stayed one night there and came back. And,
0: uh, you find it easy to uh, the connection with the family is it easy to uh, get back or is it
1: uh, yeah no so we uh, there are a few aunts that i keep very close touch with you know mm-hmm. through whatsapp and stuff and and i look forward to seeing them and and so we we still maintain a bond yeah well yeah um,
0: and lastly coming to your name brother radhesham it's a difficult name radhesham yeah uh, to go through uh, america with the name radhesham is so yeah.
1: Are you called Radisham in the ER room? So when I first landed, uh, they would like when I I started third grade in America. Okay, so Radisham became Radish and Ham. (laughs) Okay, then it got shortened to Radish, and I think in high school, like they started calling me Rad, and then now they call me Doctor Rad. So it's worked (laughs) out. It's worked out. Okay.
0: Well, that yeah. almost sounds like a hip-hop star. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. It's Dr. So Rad Dr. and his boo. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, wow.
0: Yeah. Wow. Lovely talking to you, Dr. Rad. Yeah, Radisham. I had a lot of fun. Thank you. It was wonderful. Thank you for taking time out and sitting with us. And thank and you. I wish you all the yeah. best. Hey, thank
1: you. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you.
0: So that was my time with Brother Radisham or Dr. Rad. I had a lot of fun. I hope you did too. To hear more such conversations, please subscribe to this channel. And also you can find us on Spotify on the Kanakast channel. That is K-A-N-H-A-C-A-S-T. Thank you for listening. This is Dog signing off. Namaste and woof woof.